I'm Chris Barker. And I'm Will Betts, and this is the Music Tech My Forever Studio podcast. In this podcast, we speak with producers, engineers, DJs, and industry insiders about their fantasy forever studio. It's a studio that our guests will dream up, and they will have to live with it forever. But even in Fantasy Foreverland, there are some rules. Totally acceptable and reasonable rules. Yeah, the rules. Okay, so our guests can select a computer, a DAW, and an audio interface. Those are given, those are free. Then they have the challenging chore of choosing only six other bits of studio kit plus one non-studio related luxury item but there is the most important rule of all isn't there chris no bundles yeah no bundles that's right a package of separate software or hardware as a single item is strictly prohibited yes that's right and today we have niles hollowell dar otherwise known as superstar dj and producer Kashmir. starting as a hip-hop producer with the cataract niles had huge success with tracks such as like a g6 based down low and went on to co-produce for Selena Gomez and Dubs before his Kashmir alias was launched. With Kashmir, Niles went on to superstar DJ status, smashing the DJ Mag Top 100 and releasing multitudes of EDM club bangers, festival anthems and more. His sample packs are also some of the most used sounds and loops for thousands of music producers all over the world. I'm looking forward to hearing his choices. Exactly. This is My Forever Studio with Kashmir. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. That was an amazing introduction. And... Um, and wow, you're really putting me on the spot, especially when it's forever. Like uh, there will be no further like, uh, 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 what do they call it? The boxes you buy in video games, loot boxes. There's no loot boxes, right? It's just, you're just stuck with No them. expansion packs. That's right. It. No in-studio <laughs> app purchases, none of that. So, I mean, let's let's launch straight into it though, talking about um, where you would put this studio in. If you could have a studio anywhere in the world or we've even had it in space before but if you could have a studio anywhere in the world where would you have that studio and what would it look like what's the vibe what's what, what do you love oh man you know i really love my hometown of berkeley california that's where i was born and raised um there was one time over christmas where you know i just started there was djing things were going well and i wanted to do something sort of baller and I got this uh, house that was perched up on the top of like the highest hill in Berkeley. And it was really intended for weddings. Uh, but I got all my family for Christmas together and we had Christmas there. And it had just this huge panoramic view of all of Berkeley. And, you know, you look down and just you're reminded of every place you ate food and grew up going to school. And, and that was a really beautiful uh, experience and just a beautiful view. And, you know, being a producer, I... You know, if I'm being honest, I'll st- you have like, I'll have a prison cell, and you know, I basically work in a prison cell right now. It doesn't make the biggest difference to me, but <laughs> it is quite nice when you have a view, when you have the luxury of having a view. And uh, I guess that would be the space, right? So being Berkeley, maybe perched up on a hill. I guess that would be the location. Well, we we, we can take that exact spot if you want. Take that exact house. We can we can we can kick kick them out we'll take that as the studio yes absolutely i will say as a caveat it was really intended for weddings so many of the appliances and you know signs that someone actually has lived there were were uh, not functional <laughs> that was something we had to okay. contend with so we'll, we can strip all we'll that we'll soup it up we yeah. strip we'll it soup out. it up yeah yeah and what about inside then i mean like in that same dream space what's the kind of um 
what's the vibe inside? Because, you know, you must have seen many other producer studios and commercial studios as well in your time now. And uh, what do you love and what do you hate when you walk into a studio? What are some turn-offs and turn-ons? So I've always had a bit of a phobia about really nice studios where there's like, you know, some, a nice person at the front. Maybe they bake cookies in the studio. That seems to be a big thing here in L.A. Uh, everyone comes in with cookies every once in a while. And, and <laughs> there's something about it that's like, this isn't how real music gets made. Like, it's all too pretty and uh, comfortable and it just always struck me as like, you're never going to make a good song here. Um, I was, so I always liked being in a bedroom. And now I have a studio at my house, but it's a little more than a bedroom. But I will say I'd probably keep it simple. I would want it to be comfortable like a really comfortable house is. Not comfortable like a new startup tech company. So it would be, it would be. Yeah, a so not yeah. too corporate. Not too corporate. Even the fun new kind of corporate, no, none of that. It would be a lot of uh, pillows on the ground you could sit on, you know, <laughs> functional things. You'd smoke hookah over here. Uh, it would have uh, a, a fridge that is stuck to the brim. I, I'm a big drinker. I'm like, I, I go back and forth between like caffeine and a little nicotine. Maybe you don't have to put that part in there. But for me, that that <laughs> flux, I'm almost like a sine wave. Like, I feel like... That's not, uh, that was such a corny, like trying to put in a no, reference. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> um, but, but uh, you know, being right down the middle, the way that I stay stable, sort of, and get a good flow going is by having this up and down of, of sort of an upper like caffeine and then something that brings you down, like a little nicotine or something to chill you out. And so that ends up being how I stay in a sort of a straight line is actually by going up and down the whole time. Um, so I guess I get to have a lot of drinks. There'd be, you know, espresso machine. I think the view is really important. I think having a place to go just like sit and talk and be comfortable and get out of it is important. And a lot of nature, if you can put plants in there, these things are important. That is sort of like the aesthetic thing, I guess, because we're not really talking about the uh, equipment yet, right? We're just talking about the aesthetic. No, we're not onto the equipment, just the aesthetic. Um, Some... That was an, a, a, a fantastic description oh, thank as well. You. Sometimes we we really have to drag the aesthetic out mm. of people. They just And a lot of people really don't care. Like, they really don't care. Yeah. Like... Uh, We've had people that literally don't want sunlight. They don't want any clocks. They they want to, yeah. Anyway. I think a little waterfall. You know those little waterfalls you see sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Funny you should, should say that. We have had that. We have had a waterfall. Um, so moving on. The first three bits of gear you get for free. This is before we start checking off your your six items. So is you get a com you get to choose a computer, you get to choose an audio interface, and you get to choose your door of choice. Uh, so first off, tell us about your computer. I mean, what what would you choose for the Dream Studio, and what have you used in the past? So generally, what I'm using is the the highest end Mac laptop. I'll just I'll just max it out. And the reason I've gone that way instead of a desktop computer is because I like to be able to undock and take it with me wherever I go. I've got a nice little dock yeah, where I plug sure. everything in. I'm sure this is pretty common. You've heard this. So so yeah, that, yeah. That, that's probably uh, the route I stick with. When you say forever studio, am I like trapped in the studio? Because then I might go with the desktop. Well, a lot of people... A lot of people um... Yeah, they have this decision with the Forever Studio. I mean, you could you could go for some fancy big maxed out uh, desktop, but a lot of people still want that flexibility. I mean, do you still do you feel like you ever hit the mm. limits of the the maxed out laptop? Now, do you, do you get to the limit of it? Not really. I mean, with music, 
I, you, you almost can't. I mean, if you're using the highest end uh, uh, Mac laptop, I mean, yeah. oh, it depends the sample rate you're in, things like that. But uh, for me, I'm working in, I guess, is Ableton like a 32 float by default? I mean, it's mostly 24-bit at 44.1. So I'm okay. It's really, I think the really high-end uh, Mac computers are for video people working in 4K, 8K, things like that. So I don't feel like I max it up too much. I mean, there are times where I have a really uh, a heavy sampler uh, project, you know, a lot of contact going on. And yeah. uh, that mm. that is when you can run into it. But I've also found really nifty ways around that in contact where you offload uh, the samples that you're not using and things. So, you know, I got to say, if you if you got the top Mac laptop, you're, you're probably fine. So I would probably, look, we said this place has a view, right? So we're going to take this laptop. Even if we don't leave the studio, we're still going to want to work in front of a sunset maybe or something, right? So so I would reserve the right with the laptop. Uh, keep it stay with the laptop. That's, that sounds, that's, that's, that's cool. It would it would be nice to just sit and stare out the window for a bit where you're, yeah. when you're going through samples or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I like that vibe. Yeah. So... Um, and and are you going to stick with Ableton? I mean, have you always used Ableton? Yeah, Ableton. I, I got to stick with it because it, it's what I know. And, you know, if they had not introduced comping in the latest version, I might have considered at least being a dual dog person. Uh, but uh, with the comping, they've 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 definitely kept me in. I've got a good friend who uses Cubase, and he just rolls his eyes. I say we got comping now. He's just like, and you know, what's a big deal? He's got all <laughs> kinds of. Uh, uh, you know, shortcuts that he's set up that really streamline his, his process. So I, I don't really know Cubase, but from what I understand, uh, Cubase and Reaper, these things uh, offer a lot more uh, kind of customizability, I guess, and um, uh, a little bit more of, I always think about it like Windows compared to Apple, how Apple makes everything simple, but in Windows, you can get inside of things more. And um, Ableton is a yeah. little bit more yeah. of an Apple product in that sense, I think. And have you always used Ableton then right from the very start when you started producing or? Oh, no, 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 no. So, oh man. Okay, so I started messing around when I was 11, 12 years old and and I guess there was Cakewalk Sonar. Yeah. Uh, there was Fruity Loops, uh, back when it was still called Fruity Loops. Um, and there was Acid, right? And I started using yeah. Acid. Sony Acid. Sony Acid. And I was mostly at this point in my career buying sample loop CDs that you'd, you'd buy. You'd buy. They come in the mail. Oh my God! I have a bunch of saxophones now. Whatever you know, and you try to make beats with that. And <laughs> yeah. and uh, and I I in acid I guess is when I started really working with MIDI more and um, and got okay. Got pretty good in acid. And then eventually it became a mixture of reason and acid because. At first, I don't believe Reason was doing audio in in there, or no, no, yeah. only 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 within a sampler maybe, and I don't know when that came in, but right. early Reason was, yeah. It's yeah, it's crazy that that's crazy. Oh man, and it was such a pain. You're un, you're undoing cables, <laughs> sticking. You want to side chain something, you're twisting things around. Yeah, it's really ridiculous, but I had some good success on Reason. I stuck with for a while. Like a G6 was on Reason. Tsunami, which was a big dance track, that was on Reason. And and yeah. once they introduced um, audio, then it was pretty easy to stay within Reason. For a while with G6, I think I was making a loop in Reason and then bringing it into Acid for like the arrangement. Wow. Okay. Uh, but 
Yeah. Do you think that hacking together was part of the sound? Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I, I like it. I will say that the more Look, options you have, it doesn't always lead you to more success and better songs. That is definitely true and a valid point. And when you are working with more restraints and you're still making great songs, it does make you question, you know, it, was there something good about having less to work with and you making the most of it? And, um, and I, I think that is really valid, actually. And I, I think I'd still go if I had the choice with more options, you know, because we tend to be like, you know, arrogantly optimistic, you know, as human beings, um, we're going to make the right decision next time, you know. Um, Do you think maybe that's one thing about becoming a pro, though? Once you get to the level you're at now, it's um, part of it is knowing when not to use an option. That's the biggest thing. It's like knowing when to leave stuff alone becomes the most most bit of experience that you draw on. Yes, definitely. And actually, one thing that I thought you were referring to about the process and why, although it was crazy, it may have been beneficial, was the duality of reason going into acid. Um, I was constantly committing to audio. And that is definitely something that I try to do now more to uh, make stems for myself once I pretty much Mm, like what's going on. Because suddenly this project in the new STEM mix project is very simplified. And my brain is sort of back to where it was at the beginning of making this idea, where there were only so many things they'd fit on one screen. You didn't even have to scroll. So your brain is making creative decisions that are less about solving a Rubik's Cube and more about feeling. And, and you, it's all right there in front of you. And let's make big decisions. Let's cut out the drums here or do this. And, you know, yeah, yeah. So I think there's definitely a benefit to making stems and simplifying things and doing that kind of repeatedly throughout the process of a song. Yeah, I think I think there was back in the day there was a, uh, you kind of felt as well like you had to keep everything as raw as possible and have everything running live all the time. There was there, there was a period where computer power was getting strong enough that you could do that. So you felt you had to. But actually all the records before that out of samplers or onto tape we're all getting committed and bounced all the time because of the limitations of the studio and, and such and then yeah i think you ended up with these crazy projects i think there was that pinnacle and now people are going back to hardware again and just getting it in and getting it in and then hacking it and sampling it and yeah committing yeah i i think you know it, at least my understanding this was before my time but with tape you had to be pretty sure about an idea uh, and then you put it down and you had to have like a tape master who's cutting the tape, you know, and, and could, was really good at it. And and um, I think that mental obstacle will make you take it more seriously, this idea of just throwing something new in the mix. Whereas now it's almost like encouraged, like, oh, well, you know what? I have the synth and I haven't used it yet. Even though I like the song, I'll add some of this new synth that I got to it, you know, even though it was like already, already good or you're constantly... You know, you, you just you, you it's so easy yeah, yeah, to add yeah. things. And so there's just less of a price to pay and therefore it gets it gets done more willy nilly. So, yes, I think that scarcity and a little bit making things a little bit harder. I'm starting to sound like an old person. Everything was better when it was harder. Right. Um, <laughs> but it, but it's yeah. it's true. I mean, I think. I think that if we're being honest about the way we work as humans, we appreciate things more when uh, they took time to achieve. And, um, you know, you see rich kids running around that don't appreciate anything. And, you know, we all have, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's yeah. a cliche. Uh, oh, let's do some, let's do some <laughs> fist waving, fist waving. Otherwise. Yeah, good. 
So the final free item you get to start off the Forever Studio is the audio interface. Like, So Dream Fantasy Forever audio interface. I'm sure you've got a pretty nice one now. Is there anything that you haven't got audio interface-wise that you wish you could go even more baller on? You know, I'm a slave to the whole Apollo Kool-Aid. I've been <laughs> drinking it, um, the, the UAD plugins. So uh, I think I'm stuck with UAD. Uh, okay. and, and it's good. I'm like a bird who loves his cage. Okay, that's fine. It's fine. I'm just going to point something out here, though. Um, there are no bundles allowed in the Forever Studio. So oh. all of the all of the plugins you have already that come as on the basic package of the interface you buy. So I think there are there's a few that you get with the Apollo, but you don't get any yeah. fancy bundles. As Will will point out one more time for us. No bundles. <laughs> You know, I, I can't say that changes things too much because I've been pretty happy with the quality of the Apollo interfaces. And I'm I'm not recording orchestras or anything, so um, the, the inputs are, are fine for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I'd still stick with the Apollo, whatever the newest one is with the max cores, yeah, okay. I'd go with that one. So is, what is that, Will, the 16 or? Uh, the 16 is all line inputs. So the X8P is the one with eight preamps. Uh, and you could go octo, I think, with that octo cores, octo core eight eight preamps. That sounds pretty okay. Good, actually, no. it was always a bit confusing because the inputs were correlated with the cores, mm. but it was like hard to tell which they were talking about because it would be like eight p, and that usually meant eight inputs, right? But that also correlated with a bigger core thing. So that was that was. But if you pay more money, you're getting more. That's yeah. I guess they just, just pick, we just want the most expensive one, I guess, don't we? If it's yeah, if it's on your dime, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. It, it is, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We've got deep pockets, it's fine. Okay, well that, that, that we get those those three out of the way and, and a bit of history about how you used to work. And now we move on to your first of your six Forever Studio items. So these are six bits of studio kit you have to live with forever. Uh and they can be for whatever reason, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be studio items that mean that you're cashmere forever. You know, you've changed aliases in the past. You've done different stuff. It can just be six bits of kit you would love to have in your fantasy studio there in Barclay on the Hill. Item number one. I'll go with the Sony, uh, the C800 for for the mic because I just, you know, I, I, I've fallen in love with it. And I think it could it sounds good on pretty much anything if you position it right so when was the first time you used that sony and you were like damn this is this changes everything because you know there's a lot of good mics in the world especially when you when you go to commercial studios yes um i i went from god there was the well way back in the day you know i was on some piece of crap you know i whatever i could get at a guitar center i probably uh like some kind of dynamic mic and um and that worked. I mean, all of my recording sessions at my mom's house were all us rapping, so that was fun. And then I moved on, I think, to the 49. Neumann makes a 49. Am I, am I right about that? So I, I eventually got the U87. But the TM49, is that, does that sound right? There's a TLM49, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so I just want to make sure I, I don't get fact-checked later. So that was a big achievement for me. I remember... We had just come into a little bit of money. I said, everybody, could we put our money together? Could we get this microphone? And uh, we all chipped in. We got the 49. Then eventually we had more success. I went with the U87. Now, I'm not sure if maybe we were just letting it get a bit dirty. But eventually I found that the U87 was 
yeah, not as clean as other mics sounded to me, I guess. Um, sometimes I felt like I was having to boost the high end quite a bit to get that same polish. And now, uh, once I really said, hey, fuck it, you know, I'm just going to buy my dream mic, I said the Sony, I went with the Sony C800. And, um, and that's got more than enough high end. In fact, the high end is sometimes a, a problem. And, and sometimes yeah. with, the, with the C800, again, you know, by the way, the, the foam uh, 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 pop filter that they give you, you look at this thing and you're like, this is going to kill my sound. I would never want anybody to sing through this big foam. It looks like one of those <laughs> Russian hats you put over it. And um, it, But it sounds great. It sounds great. And the thing's getting so much high end, you are not getting a muffled sound. So anyone who has a chance to work with the C800, don't overlook the Russian hat that it comes with. Uh, it's <laughs> it's impressive, honestly. I you see this big thing of foam, how's the high end getting through? But it does. But when did you discover it? Like, why did, Why was that your dream mic? Like, did somebody recommend it or did you use it at a session or? I, you know, I think that it may have, I probably saw it at a studio, didn't think anything. I mean, I was working with guys like, uh, um, oh God, I've been out of the pop world for so long. Who, who did, um, who did Diamonds with Benny Blanco? That was Stargate? Stargate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Stargate. So so those guys had the top of the line everything. I saw that they had this unbelievable baby bottle, like by Blue. I had one of those, the small mm -hmm. one back in the day, but they had a huge one. It looked like like a four-gallon, you know, soda can thing or something. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and that sounded great. Um, so I was like, whoa, maybe one day that'll be it. And then I think I was in a studio with enough rappers or something that kept re at requesting the C800 and that put it up on. And then I believe, I believe Kara, who's a dear friend of mine, a great singer, and she had one that um, they had to fix up. I think Cruella had bought it and then Cruella, it sort of broke out. Some, something needed to get fixed in it. And then Kara, they went and fixed it and then wound up with this $10,000 microphone and they just raved about it. And, um, and, I, I also would rave about it. I would just say that, you know, if you're using it, sometimes you might need RX uh, to go and do what you know, the mouth declicking, which is really fantastic in RX mm. because you'll get so much at every little thing. But that Sony C800 in combination with the RX mouth declicking uh, is it is absolutely perfect. So we me. just get the Sony the get the Sony as your first item. If you want the RX, we're going to have to get to that later. So let's move oh, on to item. Oh right. Yep. No bundles. Well, no bundles. God, here you we can... go. Yeah. You only got six items. This is <laughs> well. This is when it gets a bit. It gets a bit. Uh, yeah. it gets a bit saucy as we get down the list. Uh, you have to start making compromises. Right. Right. Item number two, then, what do you think? Ableton was included already? Ableton's included, included, yeah. So yeah, you're you on item that. number two yeah. at the moment. So you've got Ableton, an audience face, your your uh, spicy laptop, and uh, the Sony mic. So item number two. See, okay, so there's no goddamn bundle. So if I get contact, I got nothing to, to do on You can't on get contact. contact. Con I mean, you until could I buy get something. It. You can sample. You can make your own samples. And you um, don't have any monitors or headphones yet as well, don't forget. Oh, right. <laughs> don't have any monitors or headphones. Um, What's, what, what, what monitors are you choosing? In the, in, I mean, we might as well get to that as item number two. What monitors are you going to choose for, for your Fantasy Forever studio? I would just go with the ones I'm familiar with because they've been working for me. So that's the S3H by Adam. 
And uh, I started off on the A77X, these big boombox things. And I said, louder the better, must be. And, um, and then they made a new fancier version, I'm assuming is better, it costs more. That was the S3H. And I said, well, I'm a big producer now, so I'm gonna buy the more expensive one. And I think they're, they're pretty great. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't, because they're sort of a midfield, I'm not sure if I really need a sub, so that'll save me some, uh, save me a slot. Have you always had ribbon tweeters then before? What was the first serious pair of monitors you bought, like, that felt serious? The first serious, felt serious with the Genelec 1031. Classics. Yeah, which which were great. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I think... I think they were great. Now look at now I'm thinking back. What you know, I, I, it's it's hard to say because there wasn't always the most uh, low end representation, and um, and I think I guess it kind of depends on the music that um, you're working on. Those would overload also, which was frustrating if you like things loud. Um, so yeah, 1031s, and then I went to eventually I got to the Adams and just stuck with the Adams. Um, but I would like a second pair, uh, uh, not for this, but in, life, <laughs> in, life, um, in, in real, in, in real world land, then what's your, what's your second pair? Uh, well, if it were just in life, I'd probably go with whatever Genelic is, is pushing out these days. I'd have to do more research. Um, but, uh, there's, they have a nice sleek, uh, egg looking gray this yeah. thing it yeah it looks nice and i trust genelec it's a, you know from my earlier days I'm, so i'm looking at some right now oh you are yeah, <laughs> yeah. nice only little little well mid mid ones but yeah what do you think about the little what are they called the acutones or something uh Oratones. okay the the pieces of shit right that people yeah, swear by they're called horatones often nice. because they've uh yeah they sound horrible but that's the kind of point i think just on monitoring there, you were, we were talking about the, the Oratones. Um, what do you use for making sure that it, there's better translation for your mixes? Are, are you checking on other sources? You know, sometimes I'll play it out of the laptop speaker, and then I have a couple of headphones um, that I use. Um, Which ones? I, uh, so I use, oh my God, what, what are the classic guys with a nice little fur around the... Ears like H- HD twenty five. I think those must be it. Yeah, yeah, with the double the double headband kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sennheiser HD. The Sennheisers. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. And um, so I use those, and then I'll use. Uh, I might even use these. These are like noise canceling headphones. Um, I've also got. I haven't used it in a while, to be fair. But I had the SonarWorks reference, hmm. uh, and that would. Say okay, you're working with these headphones, and we're gonna do the CQ setting on it, and it will emulate. Well, it will compensate for the bias of your headphones, basically, and and um, that's interesting. Um, that that I think helped in some cases, and and in my room sometimes that would help. We're not gonna get that there. It's a bit of a luxury, but um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I guess that's where I test. And then I test in the car. And then I test uh, at home. I've got a TV with a, a sort of a, a surround sound system, which, of course, I don't use for listening to music. I mean, it's fun sometimes as a gimmick. But when you really want to listen to music, you just to use the two uh, mains in the front. And that's that's uh, that's good for testing as well. And we got a sub here. So I test it in these different environments. And I can't say it's like a great strategy or anything, but that's what I do. Um, I guess the major test for you is when you're DJ, when when you were DJing out, playing playing things out in clubs and festivals and things like that, right? 
Yes, but and people always say that, but how the hell are you hearing it when you're the guy up there DJing? You've got some little monitor player. <laughs> I never understood that. You know what? You know what? I think it's total bullshit. And here's what I think. I think you play a song on a good night where people are rowdy and you think it sounded great, you know, and you're totally swept up by the, you know, the night, the moment of the night. And and then you have you play on a night when the crowd wasn't so good or they just weren't as receptive to a song like that. And you think, oh, the song is shit or the, the mix is bad. And so, you know, unless you're out there and you've got a good ear, you've been listening to other songs, how do other songs sound? And then you get to hear your song, which is, you just can't be in two places at once. So so you, you can't do it. That is a fair point. That is a fair point, actually. The, what you're hearing in a booth is awful. I mean, they they. Most of the time, they make no effort to make that like a good listening experience uh, yeah. whatsoever. Uh, and even if it is a good listening experience, it's these speakers that they've done a good job of isolating from those speakers that you're hearing a completely different thing than the people in the crowd are hearing. Yeah, that's true. And and yeah, usually DJ monitors are, are kind of screwed because somebody's turned them up too loud at some point. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> they get beat up, definitely. So let's move on to what's this item number three well item number four item three. three item number three right item number three okay well i'm gonna need a mini controller of some sort yeah i mean i guess if i'm gonna be stuck here forever i'd go with something weighted um i forget which is the one that i that i bought but uh i got a nice uh weighted keyboard that has worked out really well mm. when i have piano players over the thing is so damn big that i can't fit it in the desk the little uh uh, the tray that comes so, out. So you're a fan of the kind of piano style hammer action rather than the synth action? Yes. And that that would save me, I think, from having a piano in the studio, which would be important to me. But if I could get a nice weighted hammer, then then that would that would do it. So I guess I would go. Let's just call it a heavy yeah, weighted piano. Well, we can we we can we can try. Your <laughs> we have a jingle for that as well, of course. That um, is very smart. Because you can get like synths that have weighted keys that you could also use as a MIDI controller, and then you get the bonus of that. Yes. So you could do that. I mean, you could get like a I don't know. Well, what what could we get here? We could get some big like you know like one of the, like what the keyboard player for I don't know some pop star plays on stage you know where they have those ones that a, a, a big a big big chronos or something yes yes there was a is there a, a keyboard that's called stage something or god i forget it uh the nord stage i believe yeah and, oh nice yeah. that's a good choice yeah and that 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 one that one i think would be i'd maybe go with that i've heard there that's you go great. that that's that's a great upsell i think there because you've got You've got a great MIDI controller in the in the Nord, and you get the bonus of those Nord piano sounds. And this, they've got some synth sounds in there as well. Yes, I can see Will frantically googling. Well, uh, they've got like an organ, a, like a, a drawbar organ thing in. It's got a synth engine as well, and it's also got um, sample memory, so it's got great pianos in there as well. Oh, it's got a yeah. Look at this. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dreams have wonderful. been successfully upsold. We're doing our job. <laughs> I'm such an in-the-box guy that it's times like these where I get exposed because I'm no big collector of synths or anything. I, I don't. I oh, I, yeah, I'm just very in the box. That, that's fine. I mean, even if you just use it as a MIDI controller, it's just there as an option. If you've, you know, you have people over to the the studio with a view one night and you want somebody to play piano, it's there. 
It's there for you, you know. <laughs> I love that. That was such a beautiful picture. <laughs> well, we'll get to the we'll get oh. we'll get to the rundown uh, as we get through the item. So let's let's so let's bag that in, and then let's bag the Nord will. Yeah. Yeah, it's in. Okay, we're all happy with that. Mainly, are you happy, Cashmere, because it's your fantasy studio? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is great. The Music Tech Micro Studio podcast is supported by Evo by Audience, the fantastic Evo Start Recording Bundle, and the Evo 4 and Evo 8 interfaces. Yes, if you're a beginner, you can enter the world of audio recording with the Evo Start Recording Bundle, a professional, powerful, and versatile solution for home recording from studio-grade audio brand, Audient. This comprises the Evo 4 audio interface, the remarkably robust SR1 large diaphragm condenser mic with shock mount, and a set of the Audient Evo SR2000 monitoring headphones. That's right. Featuring loopback and smart gain, the new Evo bundle and compact interfaces make sure you can achieve studio quality recordings from the start. Smart gain means you don't have to worry about setting input levels, making it ideal for music makers who want to spend time creating, not engineering. And loopback lets you record everything you hear through the interface, making it a great fit for home recording rigs, podcasters, streamers, and content creators. Evo Start Recording Bundle is suggested to retail at £199, €220, and $249 in the USA. Discover Evo online at evo.audio. So, item number four? Item number four. Item number four. Okay, so we've got the speakers. We've got the computer. Uh, oh, got, got the microphone. microphone. You've got your MIDI controller. I gotta say, the, the the screen on the laptop is not that big. Uh, we'll give you a screen. Don't let's not. Yeah, talk, you can have. Yeah, that. let's not talk okay. about screens. Um, <laughs> look, I mean, you say you're in the box guy. I mean, you're gonna need some plugins. You're gonna need some software, right? Yeah. So. What are your go-to synths? Where'd you get your sounds from? Okay, so go-to synths. I'm often uh, opening Serum and Silent, and I Spire. I use them all, uh, mm. but we're gonna have to narrow this down. So, um, yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> it's, I think this Forever Studio is harder for guys that work in the box, actually, because you take all of your software for granted. We all do, because you just open a, a plug-in folder. And, do I ever? You know, you've got... Yeah. Whereas whereas I think if, you, if you're if you a hardware, you kind of... Every object, you know, has its its place, whereas software, yeah, we duck and dive between them very easily. I believe I was never big on this, but... Vienna has like an orchestra all in one thing, right? That's not exactly a bundle, but you still get the, the whole orchestra. VSL, yeah. I think you can have that. Yeah, we'll allow that. Okay. Okay, I'm tiptoeing right now because... Yeah. It's, you don't want to hear that air horn. Yeah, that's right. The thing is abrasive. Uh, so let's let's go with that then, and I'll figure out how to use it. And um, I... Because I, I just can't deal with like some cheap sampler em- emulation of, of orchestra stuff. I love it. Ah, I just care about that, the strings and brass too much. So, so okay, so that good, that solves that. And then, um, okay, you know what? I might kind of cheat here and not cheat, but Omnisphere has just an ungodly amount of sounds. Okay, so we're going VSL for four and item number five, we're going to go for Omnisphere, which is a popular choice. You're right, I think, yeah. Before we get to Omnisphere though, can you tell us a bit more about the, the strings then? Because... I don't. I don't hear that many strings in your productions. Why, why are you going for the orchestral? You know, uh, orchestral stuff has definitely been a part of 
the songs, but definitely, you know, on some less than others. Um, if you come to the live show, you might notice that there is this animated story in the live show that uh, it happens at the beginning in a chapter and then about 20 minutes into my set, there's another chapter, 20 minutes later, another chapter. Mm -hmm. And at the end, there's this finale and uh, we get it animated by a, a animation studio and then I, I score it or more recently, I've done it with my friend Daniel, who's an amazing composer. But that was an opportunity for me to do more of the orchestral stuff. I did this EP called The Line Across the Field that had, uh, it was it was almost just like a kid's story with music to it. And all the kid's story I, I orchestrated and, and played the music to. So there's, uh, yeah, I guess I'd have to go through the catalog and, and show you which songs. But um, I do love orchestral stuff quite a lot. Um, so, yeah. And what, and what do you use at the moment? Uh, what do you I use at the moment? I am a big contact guy, of course. Um, if it were, I mean, you know, it really depends on the situation. Um, I really like Spitfires. If you just want a simple string patch, I would go with Albion 1, the strings there. I just love how those sound. If, if what you're looking for is just a simple sustain. Um, and, and staccato and spiccato, they've got that. Now, if you want like the most sampled, uh, most articulated uh, libraries, I've got two for you. One is the Chris Hine. So Chris Hine does a solo series for strings mm -hmm. and an ensemble series for strings. The level of our amount of articulations that you get is unbelievable. Not only do you have spiccato, you have spiccato one, two, three, four, five. They're all round robin. So they're just all just incredibly mm -hmm. detailed and well sampled. And uh, if you go, like, if you want control over the legato and the bend of it, just incredible amount of control over that as well. Uh, so that's Chris Hine. And then the other one that I really love is the uh, session strings that I, I believe is a native instruments uh, product. Yeah. And yeah, that yeah. is an yeah. incredibly intuitive interface and lots of great articulations, fun stuff like bending into the note. Uh, they have mm. three different, I believe, uh, sort of legato. They have legato, they have portamento, and they have glissando, which is really wonderful. And they have an accented sustain. Now, one thing you run into with strings a lot is you want to play a fast sort of disco string passage, and you're just not getting the attack that you were looking for. So the accented articulation is really nice for that. I, I love doing those disco sort of strings. Um, so there's that. And by the way, another thing people overlook a lot is this business of like, uh, uh, I guess, what, what would you, it's like sample synthesis, right? Where uh, I think they did it for Oh, I don't want to get this wrong. They're called sample modeling is what it is. And uh, yeah. the saxophone they have on there, boy, I could play you a sax solo. You wouldn't know it was it was in a real saxophone. And, and you are controlling everything. I mean, you are controlling the air that goes into the saxophone. You are controlling the growl, the overblow. It's just everything. And so you it's really up to you and how much automation you want to do, but you can make such a believable uh, uh, saxophone. And I've been meaning to try. They have strings and things like that as well. And uh, why VSL then? Have you, is that just do you, you hear it's a big one or have you actually tried it? Well, I got scared that I could only have one thing and I heard that it's an all-in-one package. So I, that's... Okay, but hang, hang on a second. This is dangerously... We're, we're sailing dangerously close a to... A bundle. Uh, is it a bundle? A bundle. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that when you just buy the Vienna 
orchestra you get it all or is it are they separate products i think on this occasion we'll allow it because it is one it's one thing but i i'm not <laughs> okay i mean it, it is called a super package which i i feel that's dangerous oh shit okay 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 all right i think that's i think that's turning into bundle territory what about i think what about the um I mean, one of the ones you said there, you can choose one of those libraries, surely. Yes. Now, that is there a library that offers nice legato and uh, and also a big orchestra? Okay, I guess if it were one, I would go with um, this. Uh, oh, but there's not there's not going to be any brass. But I would go with session strings, or, or oh, wait, hold on. Is there with native instruments? Uh, uh, Oh, there's a symphony series, and it's symphony series strings and symphony series brass. Uh, but they're not very responsive. They're like big, wet orchestras, you know? So uh, I guess I would go with the session strings. And then, you know, uh, if I'm being honest... Yeah. You've, got, you, you've got more items. You could always... I know. Oh, geez. Um, I think I'll go with session strings and then... I, I'm going to need a lot of ethnic instruments because that's a big part. Now, I'm sort of saved here because, wait, if I get a contact instrument, does that mean I have to have that bot contact as a separate product? So with session strings, it's it works within player, right? In contact player. So we'll allow that. It's a, it's a, oh, yeah, so anything that's we'll free allow. is okay. Uh, well, I think we if it's that? to play back, you can't. You can't buy session strings without the thing. You know what I mean? It's like, that's why we give the without computer contact, and the audio yeah. interface and stuff for free because it's like, you know, you can't play any software without right. a computer, right? So I yeah. think I think we've got to allow, if you if you, if you want the Rompley, you have Will to it? have the... Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to say that I think there's yeah. probably an okay enough approximation of brass in Omnisphere. It's not going to be great, but um, I'll, I'll roll with it. They probably got some kind of 2D thing that I could go with. <laughs> Um, is that a, a technical term then? No, is that is tutti a technical term? Tutti, tutti is uh, like full. Okay, now I got to look it up. It's when the full orchestra plays together, right? Yeah. Oh, as in, sorry, I thought you were. I thought you were describing the sound being a tutti oh. sound of a horn, <laughs> tootie. not not like, like toot, the, toot, the, toot, the toot, actual toot, term. Toot. Oh, yeah, <laughs> not everything tutti. The Italian, no. Okay, I yeah. understand now. Tutti yeah, as right. in all the instruments together, which. Um, <laughs> Yes. I think for most cases is going to be like, okay, and maybe uh, <laughs> Tutti Fruity Brass. Um, uh, Little yeah. Richard reference, right? That was Little Richard, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. So I think we've covered that. Now the ethnic instruments, there's two routes I could go. It's either Ethno World or UVI Workstation makes a nice one called their World Suite. But I think in terms of what I've seen in Legato and what I've been impressed by, I think I'd have to go with Ethno World. Okay, so what's that? That's item number five is Ethno World. We've got session strings. No, that's this item number six. Yeah, so we four was session strings, five was Omnisphere, and six. Oh was my god, Ethno I bet World. I forgot something incredibly fucking important. Well, let's do the rundown, Will, of the studio so yeah. far. And then you can make a change if you want before we talk about the final item, which is a luxury item. It's not a bit of kit. It's a, a separate thing, which we'll talk about at okay. the end. But like, take a listen to this. Will, take us through what, what we're dealing with. 
We're on a hill in Berkeley, California, with views over the town. No cookies permitted. There's nature all around, cushions on the floor, with a bubbling indoor waterfall. Your computer is a maxed out MacBook Pro. Your DAW is Ableton Live 11 Suite, for, specifically for the comping options. Your audio interface is a universal audio Apollo X8P Hexacore, which is the maximum that's permitted, I discovered. Your studio items begin with a Sony C800G microphone, a true luxury choice, Adam Audio's S3H midfield monitors for listening back. You have a Nord Stage 388 key controller and synthesizer. And it, of course, it has the piano for when you have friends around to play a little candlelit piano for you. Um, number four is Native Instruments Session Strings for synths and for all the 2T Omnisphere 2. And you've also selected Ethno World Sample Library. Is there anything you want to change at this point? Okay, yes. So Omnisphere, I'm going to say, probably has some okay strings. I'm going to live with it because I got to have Melodyne. There's no way I can live without Melodyne. Oh, okay. So we're okay. going to take out session strings and put, put Melodyne in there. And, and it, it allows a, a bum like me to sing. So This is where your Cubase yeah. friend would be saying, oh, well, if you had Cubase, it's all sort of built in. Oh, God. <laughs> Okay, Melodyne. So, um, Melodyne did that. Did that change things a lot when it when when you started using it? I mean, did you start using it at the very beginning? Because at the very beginning, it was quite clunky. I mean, it did work, but it was a a pain to use. Yes. Um, so, if I'm being honest, I probably had a crack of Melodyne, like the first Melodyne. Um, I was obsessed with being able to put down a singing idea, even if it wasn't going to be me, and I was just the worst singer ever. So. If I if I'm remembering correctly, it was at that point uh, I was bouncing out something and then putting it into a standalone Melodyne and then exporting and putting it back in. Yeah, um, yeah. So yes, I believe I was on it since number one. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Since okay. beginning. Okay, so we we've got Melodyne. So that's that's the final studio. The gear It's still pretty good. I think you can still make some bangers in that studio. Especially with that microphone and those speakers. That's nice. Do I have samples, mm. by the way? I guess we'll give you your own sample libraries. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've made my own, so right. <laughs> I think I think we made your own, so that's okay. I think uh yeah. Yeah, puts you that's puts you in a different league to other guests who do, you know you've got yeah, your own sample you. libraries, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> a hugely oh, popular sweet. sample library, by the way. Like uh nearly everybody I've ever interviewed over the last three or four years. Yeah, nearly every producer's dragging in those samples to start their project off. So there you go. That is awesome. There man. you go. That is so cool. That is awesome. So let's round this off with the luxury item. Now the luxury item is something that you want in your studio that isn't gear related. So it's not software, it's not hardware it's not samples um is there anything that you've always taken to a studio you have in the studio or you would love to have in the studio where you just think man that would make things so much better oh that's a that's a great question um we've already got a couch and stuff right yeah <laughs> um, oh, yeah. yeah unless you, unless there's a very specific interesting one that you want from <laughs> right like, a movie of your childhood dreams or something like that. it should be it should be some something sort of yeah. exotic yeah. i see um you know i it's always good to take a break. And um, so the things that pop into my head are like, 
uh, a ping pong table or but you know what I I'm a big I love video games and I started on video games when I was very young so you can get uh, arcades now that are actually basically a computer inside of the arcade and and they have every game you know that was made so it's kind of a bundle a little bit it's on the fence but but these days it's it's where technology is at there's no one who's going to sell you a single game if you buy one of these things it would it would i think by nature just have a lot of games are they called are they called mame m a m e mame emulators they're the ones aren't they yeah yeah so mame mame is like the platform for arcades yeah and um so it would be a MAME emulator, that's right. Yeah, and they, they have like the, the four joysticks on the front, and you get everything from the old Simpsons games to everything on there. Yes. That's a cool choice, actually. Yeah. In terms of gaming, then, what's your what were those games that you loved growing up, and what are those games that you would want to have on this machine? What's the game that you would beat us at as well? What's the game that you would definitely beat us at? Oh, beat you at? <laughs> Too yeah. bad how much time you got. Um, <laughs> um, let's see i'm I'm a, a big fifa guy um i'm i do pretty well in fifa i'm division one online so top top tier baby and uh i i do play mortal Kombat now um and me and my friend are very competitive with one another on mortal Kombat. mario kart we've gotten into recently the game that started me off i remember i had two sisters growing up and the house was like a hotel at some time. So like, you know, they'd have boyfriends coming in, staying there. And there was this guy named Jason and uh, was living at our house. I, I walked down and uh, he's got something on the TV in, in, in their room. Like, what the hell is this? And, and he's, he's moving this little plumber guy around, Super Mario. And, um, and my life changed at that point. This was Super Mario World and I couldn't get enough of it. And I insisted that we had to buy one of these things and uh, eventually got it and uh, got into the original Mortal Kombat and um, got into just playing anything, really. So that changed my life. And then I guess if there was one game that really changed my life, it was a game called Final Fantasy VII. And this uh, game uh, made me cry at points. I mean, it was... Uh, just a beautiful story and the music is ingrained in my head. Most of the songs that, that I first when I was learning uh, were Final Fantasy songs uh, because those songs really just make me think of my childhood. And that I went to go see the composer recently at the uh, Dolby Theater here in Los Angeles. Mm. This recently, a year ago or something. And yeah. he did with the orchestra and a choir uh the whole final fantasy 7 suite and what? Was, wow. yeah that's that's amazing yeah it was great oh wow well that's that's great so we basically want a, an arcade machine that has all of those things built into it that you can have some breakout time and play on perfect world yeah perfect yeah. world yeah nice well yeah. that brings us to the end of the my forever studio podcast oh um, wow thank you so so much for joining us um it's been a blast. Uh, thanks for joining in and having some fun with us. We know it's uh, it's a bit silly at times, but uh, great to find out about how you work and you, your production techniques and, and the gear you love as well. Um, what is coming up for you? Let's finish on that. Like, I mean, we're in a pandemic. It's all a bit crazy, but um, have you got releases coming out? You've got new tracks. What, what, what have you been up to and what, what do you hope this year is going to bring? Sure. Before that, I just want to say you said it was silly, but this stood out in a sea of boring interviews as really fun and 
just stellar. So, uh, yeah, okay. I just want to mention that. But um, we really appreciate coming, that. Thank you. Tell your yeah. friends. Tell your friends. <laughs> Thank you. I will. Um, and this has honestly made my day better. Whereas most interviews are a bit of a a grind, you know, getting through the same questions. Um, so, but coming up, I've got this uh, album that I just could not be more excited about. It's called Harmonica Andromeda. And it's on March 19th, uh, the first single came out. It's called The World We Left Behind. And the next single is uh, coming soon, and that's called Around the World. Um, so these are two of the more, I guess, uh, nicely structured songs, uh, making them singles. But the album is quite experimental in the sense that songs take lots of turns and start in one place and wind up in a whole different one. And it was fun in each song to get a feel of what the world is supposed to be and then explore it with all the sounds that are pertinent to that world and and uh, sometimes take really severe turns. Like there's one song that I really love that's called The Little Voice that's at the end of the album. And it starts off with this little vocal sample, doop, bop, doop, dap, dap, and he keeps going and keeps going. And then the melody he's doing starts to get a little more minor and uh, serious, and then it has this uplifting. And then we bring in like this African, uh, we've got these African uh, uh, chant guys. So it comes in and they start to, think. and by the end of it, it's almost like the Lion King. It's grown into this big thing. It's, it's quite fun. And uh, there's even a song with me singing. I, I wrote a song about my mom and I, I, uh, I did. It's like a little ukulele song and I do that uh, there. So that was a bit will be a pretty random one for Kashmir fans, but hey, I love my mom, so I put that one in there. And um yeah, so that that's that's Harmonic Andromeda, March nineteenth. That's what's coming up. Lovely. Well that should be out right now. Um and what about the rest of the year? I mean, are, are you are you planning tours or are you just waiting to see? I mean The touring thing is very hazy right now. So typically over the summer I would be in Europe and uh spending really my whole summer in Europe. Uh but I don't think that will be the case this year. Uh, I did have a, a show in Japan we thought was going to happen, not happening anymore. I am doing a yeah. drive-in show, uh, which will already be done by the time this airs, but I'm going to be debuting a lot of the new music at uh, uh, a space uh, here in Los Angeles in the Inland Empire where people drive in with their cars and we've got a big stage. So so that, that will hopefully be fun. That'll be a new experience for me. I've uh, been a little, you know, the the, the streaming... Uh, acting like there's a big crowd when it's just my friend with the camera and my dog uh, roaming around, you know, idly just kind of staring at me. It's not quite been the same. Uh, so, and it feels, it all feels a bit silly, though, all the hand DJ uh, movements, you know, it all feel a bit silly in that environment. But, I, you know, I've been putting on my best game face. and Yeah, know. yeah. Yeah, it keeps the dog excited though. If you're doing all this, the dog's like, "What's going yeah. on?" Yeah, thank you. Cash Sometimes man. the dogs will just start barking when they hear loud noises. You know, like he's he's excited. I'm excited. Well, that's season three started. Thanks once again to Kashmir for sharing his My Forever Studio favorites. Yes, some fine choices there to kick us off for season three. Remember, if you're a fan of our My Forever Studio podcast. Make sure you subscribe using your favorite podcasting app. And if you're feeling generous, maybe even leave us a rating. Yes, five stars though, please. Uh, every review and share really does help us. Next week, we're being joined by the excellent UK dance talent of Shift Key. Indeed, we will be once again upselling dreams and banning the bundle. Yes, no bundles. It's going to be a good one. Thanks so much for listening. Catch you next time for more adventures into Studio Foreverdom. Bye-bye.